0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees Podcast. For Tuesday, September 14th, I'm Sweeney Murdy. The Yankees coming away with a win on Monday in the makeup game against the Twins. Does that mean they're back? Well, it just means the Yankees were playing the Twins, doesn't it? Even though they came from behind, even though they wanted dramatic fashion, uh, got a little, maybe a little bit of energy out of it. Let's remember that the Yankees have just rolled over the Twins. And the schedule is an important part of what's happening for the Yankees over the course of these last 18 games. We're going to get to that. The Yankees play the Orioles coming up, and we know that that doesn't mean anything this year. The Yankees are only 9-7 against the Orioles. Believe it or not, the Yankees are going to go into this series with a chance to lose the season series to the Orioles. Um, I think they hope that that doesn't happen and uh, need to get off on a good Start uh, in the Tuesday opener with Garrett Cole back on the mound. We'll get to that in a second, but with the comeback win over uh, the Twins on Monday, Aaron Judge with a really big hit. Uh, you know, you know what I say about three run homers, right? Three run homers win ball games. Yesterday, it tied a ball game, uh, and Aaron Judge getting hot again is a very important factor for the Yankees. Is he getting hot again? He had a massive cold slump first week of September uh, after a great August. And uh, had a little scare the other night coming out of the game with dizziness. But now that uh, he was back in the lineup and got a big hit, you wonder if he's carrying over some of the, you know, he he kind of broke out of that cold stretch uh, of a few days ago. So you hope that maybe that's the start of something again. But think about where the Yankees are right now and the fact that Judge was cold for a good week uh, plus and then actually had to come out of the game On Sunday, and you, you know, you wondered about his status. And Garrett Cole was supposed to pitch on Sunday, but he had to miss that turn after coming out of his previous start with the hamstring issue. Uh, The Yankees were trying to get through this without Judge and Cole. That's the, you know, obviously they're two best players and they have plenty of other issues. But what they just went through last week, having to do it without Garrett Cole, with Aaron Judge slumping, um, you know, that's a big reason why, they, why the Yankees were slumping, because those two performed at such a high level when the Yankees were going so well over that 40-game stretch right after the All-Star break, um, and mostly in August. But losing Garrett Cole and also having Jonathan Loisega on the injured list— uh, think about just in a short term what kind of an impact that was. Cole came out of the game in the fourth inning last Tuesday, right? So you figure, okay, give him three more innings there and maybe seven in his next start. Uh, Jonathan Lawizaga could have pitched in two or three games. You're talking roughly 15 innings maybe that those two guys could have impacted last week that are now being you know filled by people who aren't Garrett Cole and Jonathan Lewisega. Uh I think you know i kind of kind of focused on how it boils down to that small of an impact and the ability to win ball games and think about your two best pitchers had to be removed and couldn't pitch for you in roughly 15 innings and obviously you're not replacing them with pitchers right below them you're now replacing them with pitchers who are probably what 15 16 17 on the depth chart instead of 1 and 2 so uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really big reason. You know, the Yankees had such trouble last week just getting starters through four innings, let alone five or six, which is what made Luis Heal's start on Monday so important after getting roughed up early. If he had gotten knocked out again, the Yankees would still be in rough shape here without an off day uh, for another uh, nine days. So uh, the important thing here for the Yankees is to be able to get started to get on the right foot with Garrett Cole on Tuesday night uh, in Baltimore, and we'll see how that works. Now, the Yankees are going to have a little bit of a different alignment that they talked about on Monday with Gleber Torres being moved to second base, Gio Urshela now playing short, and D.J. LeMahieu with third. Tyler Wade is going to get into this uh, mix as well. Andrew Velazquez isn't eligible to come back for a few more days uh, for another week or so. Uh, and basically, he was kind of a victim of they. He was the only position player they could really move out when they needed to make the pitching move over the weekend. Again, another reason why all these pitching issues have have really affected so many different things. Uh, but as far as moving Glaber to second, you know, I asked. I had asked the question. I don't know about a week, ten days ago about whether Glaber's issues would force them into maybe making late-inning defense replacement, which is unheard of as a shortstop. You know, if you're a starting shortstop, uh, late-inning defense is not one of your concerns. You wouldn't be a starting shortstop. But Glaber has kind of become that. Uh, So rather than even taking the late-inning approach, the Yankees have taken it away from them altogether and are putting in a defender who's had some of his own issues this year in Gio Rochella, and his biggest factor is shortstop He's normally very shorthanded, we know, but his biggest factor is range, and I would say maybe durability at the position um, with with the increased range that has to come with it, given all the issues he's had. You know, Urshela was a really fine player for the Yankees for a couple of years, but has had so many issues, uh, even going back to last year when he had COVID, and then uh, earlier this year with the injuries that he had, uh, the surgery he had in the offseason, and then um, – uh, it's really just been uh, a lot of issues for him health-wise in the last 12 months that have really uh, you know, really just you know, made his season not anything close to what the Yankees have been getting from him previously. D.J. LeMahieu has kind of been a stop-and-start guy most of the season offensively. You're going to move him to third base, which, listen, D.J. LeMahieu is a really good fielder. His best position is probably second base. So now you're moving three guys all over the infield, and two of them are not their best positions in Urshela and Lemayhu, uh, and Glaber is going back to a position where you hope that you know he's he's basically just adequate there. Um, the big thing though for these three is are they going to hit? Remember, the Yankees are in this position right now, and they're eighty and sixty-four. Okay, a lot of that's built on the strength of a thirteen-game winning streak. I understand, but they're still an over five hundred team, significantly over five hundred team. But the issue with Glaber Torres, Gio Rochelle, and DJ LeMahieu, yeah, defense is part of it. It's part of the complete game. But if these guys were hitting anything to where their levels were previously, anything close to it, it would not be shining as big a light on what they're doing defensively. Think about it. Gleyber, if Glaber Torres was hitting 35 home runs as a shortstop, you'd, you know, you'd be winning a lot more games and you would have fewer issues with the occasional errors, which more recently became more than occasional. You know, it, it, it became a problem uh, lately and mentally you could tell that it was start, something was started to wear on him, which is the big reason why Aaron Boone makes that move and moves him off of second base. And the organization finally um, makes the decision there that they have to do that. But if, labor Torres, Gio Rochella, and DJ LeMayu are hitting like they had in the past, like they did two years ago, we wouldn't be having these discussions. And that's what they have to do now. Um, their season number is not going to look like we're used to seeing them. But it back, goes back to the old Joe Torre thing that I've repeated a few times, where Torre used to pull a struggling player aside late in the season, whether it was an O'Neal or a Tino or any of those guys who were used to having putting up big numbers and for whatever reason, we're going through a period where they're struggling. you need to say, listen, you're not going to hit 300 this year, okay? Just try to hit 300 from this point on. And although we're not talking about batting averages the same way anymore, the concept is still the same. Your, the back of your baseball card is not going to look like it used to just try to make these last few weeks count. And that's what the Yankees have to do with 18 games left to play here, is try to make them count. And Glaber Torres, Gio Rochelle, and DJ LeMahieu, regardless of what they do defensively, also have to make sure that they contribute offensively because that's a really big thing for the New York Yankees. As far as Glaber's future, we'll have a lot of time to dissect that. Um, Shortstop clearly isn't it. And I think the Yankees are finally making that move here because once you move them off of it, you can't move them back. And I, I think that was always kind of the tricky thing here with Glaber Torres is that once you decided you were going to move him off a shortstop, even for a short period of time, you had to know that you were, you were never going to put him back there. And I think that's probably where the Yankees are headed. But I, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, blame Brian Cashman for not trading him when his value was higher or blame Aaron Boone for this or blame the coaches for that. And, you know, about Gleyber Torres specifically, you know, and really my feeling on that is why why aren't we just blaming Gleyber Torres? You know, he clearly showed the potential he had, and for whatever reason, and there are probably numerous ones, it's not just one easy thing, it never is, there are probably numerous reasons, but... Gleber Torres has to be the one who is accountable for making his career go forward. You know he's the one here uh, who has let his defense slip and has let his offense slip. While the coaches and the management are all part of the machine, why is everybody in such a rush to blame other people for a player's you know demise, for lack of a better word, and and you know you're almost absolving the player? Well. The player has to take some responsibility here too. He showed you how good he was. What are the reasons that he's not as good anymore? It's not everybody else's fault. It's partly his fault. You know, let's and I'm and I'm not trying to make this a, a, a bash labor. I'm just saying, you know, let's let's stop trying to blame other people as much. And just remember that the player has some control over that, too. And Glaber Torres shares a lot of the blame here uh, in just not following through on becoming more consistently defensively. And whatever's happened to his offensive game where his swing is so out of whack, he just doesn't have any power left in it anymore. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I don't know where that goes. Uh, moving forward here, but it's pretty clear that he's not going to be the shortstop, and that'll open up a number of questions moving forward that we can tackle once we get to the off season. Um, meanwhile, the Yankees now uh, move into these last 18 games with still some issues with their bullpen, which was for a long time is considered their strength. But now all of a sudden, through uh, again with a number of issues, it's not as big a strength. Here's the biggest problem for the Yankees: while they have a lot of injuries that have affected them. They their their biggest problem at the moment is that they're, they're two healthy relievers at the back end of their bullpen. They can't trust. Chad Green's given up 13 home runs in 74 innings. And the 74 innings is a big number, especially coming off of last year. And a Chapman, you know all of his issues. Uh, but the problem for the Yankees is right now is that these two guys are still very key to what they have because they're healthy. If they're healthy, they're going to pitch. You know, there's... It's hard to hide them this time of year and even going into the postseason. You can still, to some degree, even with only 18 games left to play, to some degree, you can still manage their situation and pick spots a little bit. It, it's, it depends on workload and a lot of other things, obviously score situation. But that window closes more and more each day to try to manage their, their usage. You're going to have to give them the ball and you're going to have to trust them. And the problem is right now you don't trust them. Um, And I understand why. But there are not a lot of other options here. You know, the Yankees have lost key relievers to injury. And I don't know if Jonathan LeWise is going to come back. I don't know if Luis Severino is going to be able to throw pitches effectively enough to be one of those guys you trust in big situations. Because there's such a short period of time left. Domingo Herman, same thing. Um, You... You really have to at some at some point here's the thing if the Yankees are going to end up playing these meaningful games and into the, you know into late season or postseason games they're still going to give the ball to Chad Green and the role as Chapman and trust that they're going to get the big outs and based on everything we've seen you know, this year and with Chapman's postseason history as well, you the fans shouldn't have any reason to trust him. And Chad Green has struggled. So you're going to have a little bit of anxiety when you get to those late innings because you don't have a sure thing. And, you know, listen, frankly, that's what a lot of other teams go through as well. Yankee fans got spoiled for a long time. Amariano Rivera, it's been a long time since we've seen him. And I think in the years since then, we've kind of grown to see what you know, even when you have closers who have good years, and the Yankees have had had plenty of them, like Chapman, like David Robertson, uh, and and a lot of other guys who come in here and close games. You still have some level of anxiety. It's ratcheted up now because you're, you know, you've got inconsistency now, and you've got guys who are prone to giving up home run balls, and those change games very quickly as the Yankees have found out, and that's what they're up against right now. So we'll see what happens here. Big week here as Garrett Cole comes back and uh, pitches the opener of the Orioles series. Jamison Tyone, we'll find out more about his situation as well, if the Yankees are going to get him back, Um, and they just have to win some games here. They've got three winnable series, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Texas. And despite all their other Issues with Baltimore, whatever happened. I mean, they're in a position now where they have to think about winning eight, seven or eight of the nine games against Baltimore, Cleveland, and Texas. Um, the 10-game stretch started with Minnesota on Monday, you looked at it as eight and two is probably a must. Well, they got one, which means they can now try to go seven and two against Baltimore, Cleveland, and Texas. Because what follows? Nine games against Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. Which means it's all right in front of them. The Yankees have the ability to beat their competitors head to head Boston and Toronto for that wild card spot. The three final games against Tampa Bay aren't going to mean anything for the division title. We'll see what they mean in the wild card race as we get there. Obviously, those are games 16, 17 and 18 of the 18 remaining. So, hard to tell from uh, hard to tell at this point exactly what they're going to mean, but you know, safe to assume you're going to be, still be able to play for something in those final three games and you're going to need to play well. So, we'll see if the Yankees can do that. Hey, one final thought on the Subway Series uh, and what happened Sunday uh, with Giancarlo Stanton and Francisco Lindor. Um, my only real takeaway from this is man, I can't wait to see the next few years of the Subway Series with these two guys locked in long-term, right? I'm glad it wasn't a couple of bit players or a couple of free agents to be. You know, this is going to be the new Clemens and Piazza thing, right? The Stanton and Lindor thing. That was not, that was not quite as much fun, I will tell you, because it what was involved was, um, you know, a serious head injury. You know, beaning Mike Piazza in the head was part of it. And That was a a very serious matter that takes away, obviously, the fun in the head-to-head matchups and what you kind of look for when you get uh, emotions boiling over a little bit. But what Stanton and Lindor did, man, it it didn't end in anything crazy physical. So that was fun. And we're going to get to more Subway Series in 2022, and we're going to be talking about Giancarlo Stanton and Francisco Lindor. They just etched their names into Subway Series lore and the fact that they're going to be going through this for a long period of time still, well, that is something that um, I think adds to the excitement of, uh, of a Subway series in years to come. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, there are a lot of stuff with what precipitated it and, and whether Francisco Lindor actually uh, is sure of what he saw and heard and how he reacted, how the Yankees reacted. Um, there's... Um, yeah I, I can't tell you if the Yankees were doing it uh, were they were they trying i I can't put it past them uh, as, as much as any team wants to get um, you know get up about the Astros and what they were doing, obviously that crossed the line. You know that other teams try to pick up tips from pitchers and things like that and how they go about doing that uh, well when you get caught, you're gonna deal with it you know and it I'm not saying you're allowed to do it and it's not right. Um, but they're trying. You know, with the old saying, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, you're trying to do everything you can, uh, and if they got caught, then, okay, Francisco Lador had the last laugh. How? By hitting home runs that won a game, okay? Didn't have to be anything else. He did it the best way possible. Hit the home runs, show the other team that you're coming back to win, and that's how you answer. It doesn't have to be anything else. Um, And if... If the Yankees weren't doing that, Giancarlo Stanton had a pretty good answer too. And it's just that Lindor won because he hit three of them to Stanton's one. Uh, But front and center, Subway Series, years to come, yeah, bring it on. I'm ready for that. Want to remind you to subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders? You'll get Ed Coleman's Mets reports and my Yankees reports delivered right to you. Big, big finish to the season coming up. Make sure you come on back here. Thank you all for listening. I'm Sweeney Murdy.